Kia ora. Welcome back to We Do B2B, the podcast by Blue Ocean, where we unpick the ins, outs, ups and downs of B2B marketing here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. I'm your host, Dale Kerner, and I'm a B2B marketer like you. From emerging trends and thinking to inspiring real-world stories from smart, good people here in New Zealand, we are here to help the New Zealand B2B marketing community to become one of the best and brightest anywhere in the world. If, like me, you're a B2B marketer looking for a place to connect, learn, and be inspired, you have come to the right place. Thank you for joining us on We Do B2B. Today we have a fantastic guest. We have Henrik Island. He's the uh, COO and co-founder here at Blue Ocean. He's a wealth of knowledge with over 30 years under his belt with a career that spanned everything from finance and audit to setting up B2B software as a service, running an agency and working with boards across the country. He's a fantastic wealth of information and we're here today to talk about some alarming research that's just come from the B2B Institute. So, Henrik, we'll get into that in a moment. Welcome, thank you. Thank you thank for being you here. Thank you for having me today. Cool, so first and foremost, what are we wearing? What are your socks? What have we got on today? <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that question, but uh, yeah, I'm wearing uh, plain black socks. Uh, and, and it really comes from the fact that uh, I hate the mismatching of socks after washing. So at some stage, I decided let's get rid of all my socks and just buy 25 pairs of black socks. And consolidate. That consolidate. Can <laughs> never mismatch them. Fantastic. I love that. I've got graffiti socks on today. Again, from, uh, from my mum, Sally Winterflood, Christmas present. So I'm a little bit more colourful today. But I love your approach, taking the thinking out of it. There's enough thinking to do on a daily basis. You don't always need to think about what's on your feet. Cool. So we're going to get into the topic. I'll just go through some numbers quickly. So the research from the B2B Institute that we're here to kind of pick apart a little bit here was looking at objectives that businesses are up against and their belief, their confidence that marketing could actually help contribute to achieving those objectives. And the numbers are shocking. Um, so if we look at some of the, some of the figures, we had a, a respondent base with 69% of businesses chasing growth, but only 19% of them believing that marketing could help contribute to that. 72% chasing future cash flow and only 11% believing that marketing could have any impact on that whatsoever. And finally, and I think this one's almost the most alarming, had 72% of businesses with an objective of growing profitability, but only 20% of those people believing that marketing could have any impact on that whatsoever. Now you work on boards, you speak the language of finance, something's broken here. So. Something's very broken. I mean, those numbers really shock me. Uh, and, and for me, I would think, well, who's running these businesses? Uh, have they got any experience whatsoever? <laughs> That's a big question. <laughs> Get straight to the point. Okay, so let's dig into that a little bit more. I mean, uh, fundamentally, a, a business uh, originates and comes from delivering value to their customers. It's about selling a product and service. Uh, so that's where the business starts. It's about figuring out where their value sits. And, and that's what you use marketing for. Marketing is the one that uh, you use to understand your customer. You, you use marketing as part of the team that design uh, the value proposition. And you want to involve marketing even in product development. All the way through the business, marketing should be involved because they are the one that can evaluate the potential in the market for the product and service you're selling. So if you're excluding marketing, 
Uh, I would almost go as far as saying, well, you're almost running blind, or you are at the very, very least, you're missing a significant part and building block of making your business a success. Okay, so if it is such a if it is such a critical building block, then why do you think we see this massive this misalignment? Um, what, what's what's causing the breakdown there? Is that is that you know you, you touched on? Um, you'd question who's running the businesses. Is, is that to do with uh, you know, discipline in terms of who, who's running business? Is that to do with misunderstanding of what the marketing skill set actually is? What, what, what would you say is the root cause there? What's, what, what's, what's at, the, at the crux of that misalignment? I think there's a there's a number of factors. I mean, there's the a lot of the time businesses they um, rely on financial data. Financial data is historical data, and then they sit and build on that, and they traject it forward and saying, "Oh yeah, we draw a nice graph, and this is how we got to go." <laughs> Get a ruler out, and hopefully it's a big straight line. But I, I think today uh, markets changed fast, and 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 the old-fashioned way of looking back and project forward. I don't think it's going to cut it. There's so many factors that's changing. We need to look forward and we need to uh, understand and anticipate what's going to happen. And we need to inject new, business, uh, new products and services in the market. And that's really where marketing comes in, in combination with uh, the de- uh, product development and, and services. Now, that marketing is not involved, I think there's a number of reasons for that. Um, I think, to be honest, there's the fact that some marketing is not strategic enough focused and um, that it's more focused on execution than on strategy. And, and there are different marketeers. There's the marketeers that are execution focused and does campaign and, and work more on that level. And then there's marketeers that are at a more strategic level and work with value proposition design, customer uh, journey, and does that strategic thinking. And they're probably a little bit more um, uh, harder to find those people. And uh, particularly within a business, you often find that they're only needed from time to time in doing big projects. So they're probably getting more exposure and skill in, in the execution area than in, in the strategic thinking. So what's really seen from the business there is, is more often the day-to-day, and they don't necessarily see marketing as the people that actually can come in and deliver on those big, you know, maybe once a year, twice a year, um, big, big pieces of work. Mm. And, and I think, I mean, I think actually these people have the capability and skills to do it, but they're just not asked to be involved at that level or, or, or invited, um, and, and they should be. Uh, and I see many, I see many boards, I see many leadership teams and C-suites where you don't have proper representation of uh, marketing uh, or brand. And, and for me, those two building blocks are essential. Uh, marketing, particularly in regards to the research, value proposition, understanding the market, the context, what's happening, yeah. uh, and brand in the uh, positioning, the crafting of the message, the crafting of, of design, colors, uh, emotional connection to the customer. Building the feeling component. Yes. And, and, and I absolutely love that differentiation between what is, what is strategy, which um, is numbers uh, and, and can be long sentences and a bit more boring. Like I, I always focus on getting it all in one page. I love one page. Having a strategy on one page is my favorite thing. But, but I can accept long words. 
Yep. Uh, and you can have a value proposition uh, which could be cumbersome and, and long. Like take take something like Blue Ocean. Like uh, our value proposition is that our diverse skill sets and, and knowledge within strategy, brand, creative, and marketing execution, uh, in combination, uh, deliver growth results for our, our, our clients. It's not. It's not sexy. You're not seeing that on a bus shelter anytime or a billboard. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and and it's it's a little bit long, and we could work on that, but. But uh, it, it captures the essence of what our value proposition is. Uh, and then you give that to some creative people. And, and I'm not a creative people, and, and, but I love this part of it because you take that and you give it to some creative people. And, and what comes back is, is, a, um, is, a, is a sentence like, let's unleash your business potential. Yeah. Which captures that long compass and value proposition and make it digestible and, and, and may I say sexy to the customers. Um, Which is a critical part of anything, right? <laughs> yes, it, it really is. Yeah. No, I, I, I like that. I can see that distinction as well. Um, so, w would you say, you know, in, in that context, that there, there's a line in the sand, certainly from the marketing perspective, between working at what you need to say, as a, you know, in terms of talking strategy, and then how you say it in terms of how you translate that and communicate that out to market? Oh, a hundred percent. Because you, the creative, um, which is a combination of, of marketing, uh, copywriters, creative thinkers, uh, brand people, they often build a lot more emotional connection into the positioning, the messaging, um, something like choice of font. It matters. It does. Uh, it, it's not one of my big areas, <laughs> no, fair enough. but if I talk to one of our creative people and, and particularly, uh, I mean, I could potentially even sign something off that had the wrong font and they will come and, and be very... <laughs> In your words, they butcher you for it. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> they will and they should. Yeah. Uh, and that's why uh, the combination of the different skill sets is so important for... Um, delivering results and, and coming back to, to your pitch in the facts that marketing is not involved or, or that people don't see the need for involving marketing mm -hmm. for particularly growth. I mean, I just can't comprehend that we still have people that would not involve marketing. I mean, it, it's a terrifying, it's a terrifying insight, particularly when you think about, you know, the, the core function essentially of, of, of marketing is, is growth and, and profitability. That should be the one of the one of the areas that, that marketing has the most influence. So I'm going to pick up on a just coming back to something that you said earlier on. You talked about, you know, when you've got these big opportunities to, to work on strategy, marketing not being thought of. Now, you would argue that from a marketer's skill set in terms of what they're putting out into market for, for the businesses that they represent, that's exactly what they're trying to achieve. They're trying to make sure that there's a message in the mind of the market so that when somebody needs that product or service or that category, it's them that comes to mind. So why do we suck so much at doing it when it comes to working within the organization? If we can market a business to the point where as soon as somebody has a, you know, a, a point of need, we come to mind, why, what could marketers be doing better within the organization to actually get the call to be in the boardroom when that big strategic piece of work comes up? Yeah, it's, um, it's a good question. Um, it's a big question. It is a big question. <laughs> and I, I think um, it's probably more a reflection of the people, I mean, it, it's a two-way. It's the people that choose whether to invite marketing. Yep. And then you can almost go as far, and it's about the ability and, and the 
effort of the marketeer to market themselves as I'm needed there. Yep. So uh, almost like they should do their own little internal marketing campaign for why marketing is needed in the C-suite or probably even at the, at the governance level. I think that's a really interesting insight. Um, so let, let's dig into that. Um, so if, if you were sort of talking about like planning that little internal campaign for how you pitch yourself, you, you speak the language of finance, you work with boards, ultimately you're, you're the customer that a lot of marketers aren't serving. Um, that's what the numbers show us here. So take us through some of the, some of the, the things that you would get it. What, what can a marketer do to, to excite you? to actually demonstrate value, to actually, you know, on a, on a weekly, monthly, quarterly basis, what could they be bringing to the table at finance level or at governance level that would actually, you know, just start to put those pegs in the board that say, right, let's invite you in. Well, I saw your other podcast the other day where you talked about sales funnel. Um, and, and I think one of the most convincing tool there really is, is, is the two funnels. So there's the marketing funnel, which flows into the sales funnel by making those more visible. Um, I think they speak for themselves in how uh, the, the, the reach, the brand awareness flows back into um, uh, the sales funnel and then flows into revenue. Yep. And for, for me, it's the basic, you, you know, the more people that know about your business, the more people you reach, uh, the more people um, will potentially buy your products and services and the more sales you get. So, and that's really, I mean, that's why these numbers are so shocking because if, if you want more revenue, I mean, you would look past that and you would really see, well, where does revenue come from? Revenue comes from uh, having more customers. How do you get more customers where you reach more people? So you can, you can go both ways. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I think just making that clear, and, and, and there are many organizations that don't have those numbers. And I think really what it is, it bridges the gap in that you come with numbers yeah. and you come with conversion percentages through that, which uh, an accountant uh, would say, oh, great, it's numbers. Okay, so we just need that number to be bigger then we get more down the funnel. Well, yep, they will understand that. And now that's a really interesting. Uh, it's a really interesting example because you've, you've we've delivered that for for some of our clients here. You know, we have a, a, a dental group that you work with who, straight off the bat, pretty much said to us, "Don't talk to us about marketing. We're not interested in marketing." But take us through. You know, just help. I know that there's a great story there which looks at the complete customer journey, life cycle value, uh, lifetime value, uh, and, and what that funnel looks like. So how have you used that tool within that organization to create an appetite for marketing? So they're, they're an incredible organization and incredible people to work with. And yes, it was interesting because we came in and, and really we wanted to say, well, we're looking at your business and we don't think you have a very consistent, great uh, positioning. Uh, you're not really doing much in, in making yourself known in the market. And they said, well, we don't do marketing. So yes, they, <laughs> <laughs> they're probably one of those that fits in your numbers. Yeah. Um, but what was really interesting is that they had, and they were working very, very well on understanding the value they were delivering to their customer. Okay. So, so and that's part of marketing. So, so effectively, they were actually doing marketing because understanding customers, personas, designing value proposition, that is all really marketing. And they were doing it all internally in the organization, shaping the organization to deliver on the value they wanted to deliver. Okay. 
And we came in and we put some, some words on that, uh, a great um, purpose which we got buy-in from, from all the owners, which was a, a struggle. I That's remember a journey, yeah. <laughs> a, day, a day in a boardroom where we fought a whole day on one single word in, in their purpose, <laughs> uh, which, which was it. But that needs to be fought out. Yep. And once that's done, you, you get buy-in from everybody. And what we now have in, is an organization who has a purpose, which, uh, so they're dentists, so their purpose is that oral health is fundamental for lifelong well-being. So it's really highlighting that the oral health is, is, is really for you to feel well and, and live well, you need to consider your oral health. You, you can't have um, problems with your teeth and pain, um, yeah, toothache's one of the worst things there is. Yes, we, yeah. we all hate that. So that flows through and, and we have then marketing creative that's brought in and done the <clears throat> creative interpretation of that. Okay. And they've come out with, it's vital. Great. Which is nice and short and, and, and great. Um, and and um, now, I, they would probably say we're not doing marketing, but what we are doing is that we are crafting messages and creating emotional um, positioning that um, we are um, posting on social media and we are, well effectively we are doing marketing, but they would say, no, 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 we are just uh, communicating our value to our customers. You know, you're doing something right when, <laughs> when your client talks about marketing of marketing, they're, they're, doing, they're upselling it for you. Yes, it's not just marketing. It's this. It's that. It's this. It's that. Mm. Um, but but again, you have you have a lot of visibility on the whole funnel there. Am I right? Yes. So 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 they have an internal funnel. So as soon as people walk through the door, uh, we follow them through in how we deliver our value proposition and whether they're following the right um, patient experience throughout. And we look at that every single uh, week. But we've then built the funnels on top of that and made them visible in the organization. And now they understand that they can see how many people they reach with the brand message. And then they can correlate that to how many people walk through the door. And we track uh, where they have heard about um, the dentist so that uh, we can see how um, our messaging and marketing works and flows through. Uh, and and the visibility is created for them in understanding how we get more patient is incredible. But one of the other things we've done is what we call internal marketing. Okay. Is that by having that solid understanding of uh, who, what our value proposition is, who our customer is, and, the and that combination, we can communicate that internally. And we've shaped the patient experience following that, and we're communicating everything we do in marketing externally, building brand, we're also communicating internally for making staff understand the brand and the positioning and the value they're delivering. And, and it works like it reinforces each other because we have patients coming through the door with an expectations based on the message and marketing message we've sent out and we have an organization delivering on that. Now in the B2B context, that has to have such a big impact because as soon as you're dealing with a salesperson, as soon as you're dealing with a rep, whatever it is, if you've got alignment between an expectation of high value, but you've also set expectation to deliver high value, I mean, at that point, surely you're, you're, you're ticking the profitability box, right? It, it, yeah, you're perfectly right. And, 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 and if you put all of that in context, it's come from the strategy of the business where you want 
the influence coming from marketing. You want them to um, bring uh, their two cents to what that strategy is. You want sales involved in that so that that strategy flows through all the way from first touch points to final delivery to resale to efficacy. I love that long-term view of the customer as well because at the end of the day when you're dealing with you know, certainly a repeat, you know, a, a model of repeat business, then actually keeping a view of, you know, how marketing is influenced all the way through that whole journey. I mean, that makes such a big difference. <clears throat> so I'm going to ask now a, a question about day-to-day -day nuts and bolts, right? Let's say I came and pitched a campaign to you that was all about, let's say, lead generation for us as a business. Now, you and I have worked together for a while and hopefully you have faith that I'll be able to actually deliver on something that, 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 that generates a financial contribution. But for people who are watching or listening, what financial component or what commercial component should you always include when you're, when you're pitching work? How, how can marketers tomorrow go and put an idea in front of, in front of, their, in front of their, their team, in front of their C-suite, whatever, um, and deliver it in a way that helps bridge the gap. Well, if you're pitching me a campaign of lead generation, I'm already excited because lead generation, uh, if we have our follow numbers, I can apply a percentage to that and saying, okay, if you give me 100 leads uh, and I push that into my sales funnel and I know we close 20% of them, I can almost take your leads and convert to dollar value. Fantastic, okay. And now, but... But that's because I'm already thinking like that. And I think what we experience is a lot of people, they don't see that correlation. But that's because they're missing the conversion percentages and, and understanding the funnel flow. Um, because, I mean, there's different campaigns. A lead generation straight away should be able to have a, a dollar value uh, output. It's quite transactional, right? It's very transactional. Uh, but then on top of that, you also need to say, well, it probably also builds brand. Yep. Uh, or you may come to me with a, a brand campaign, which is a little bit harder to see through uh, because I can't push that into my funnels and come up with a dollar value. That's effectively like, okay, we're building brand. How do I measure that? Uh, and then there are uh, ways of measuring brand. I mean, we, we uh, worked on another client where we did some, um, some research in brand awareness uh, here in New Zealand on the North Island for, for how many was aware of the brand and of what the service was. Uh, and that really validated the uh, brand work uh, we'd done over the last uh, four to five years working with that client. And, and we had a, um, a penetration level of over 30% being aware of the brands and of the value proposition. And then we had another question which was, well, had you actually thought about uh, buying uh, this product? And we got a very high percentage out of that too. Yeah, the funnel steps, I remember the numbers, they were, they were very convincing. Yes. Um, but, it, but it's interesting because, I mean, when you, when, you look at a, when you look at a balance sheet of a business, ultimately brand is one of the things that actually kind of belongs on the balance sheet. The, the value that a brand can bring to a business is, I mean, it's a bit intangible, but, but at the same time, you look at the valuation of some of, the, you know, some of the big businesses that we all look up to globally, and geez, their brand is one of the things that makes them worth what they're worth. Um, but it's a it's a notoriously difficult thing to it's a notoriously difficult thing to, to report on. Um, yeah, but but it, it's interesting. You could actually put that in context of the same people that may not include marketing, 
around the board table or, or, or the C-suite is probably the same level at, at a high corporate level that would go out and, and acquire business yep. and pay a, a very, very high premium for what they would put in the balance sheet as goodwill. Yes, okay. So what is goodwill? Goodwill hunting? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Sorry, marketers. <laughs> I'll level up. So effectively, goodwill is a, is a premium you pay above the book value for business. So a business might have book value assets of, of let's say, uh, $50 million. Now, um, a business comes along and when I acquire it, and they may say, oh, we'll pay you $100 million. So there's a, a gap of $50 million. And what are you paying for? Are you paying for air? <laughs> what you're paying for is effectively, you're paying for this business brands and all the intangibles that are with that. So it's existing customer base, ongoing relationship, uh, brands, um, brand awareness in, in the market, all of that is, is the things you don't see, yep. but which obviously has a big, big value. And the same people, which I have suspected here of not wanting to involve marketing um, for growth, is the same that would pay uh, for air. <laughs> I think it's a really interesting insight. I, uh, I'd love for anyone who's working with a with, with a board who doesn't get marketing to be watching this and, and listening to this this, this this episode because there's so much. I think there's so much so much value in. And basically, like like you said, at, at that at that board and at that governance level, kind of laying down some cover fire and appreciation of marketing. Now, you're a member of the Institute of Directors. Um, you work with a number of different boards. H how does the role of marketing fit then at that governance level? And is it there? Um, it is. I, I think uh, people around the table they. I mean, they're exposed to brands every day, and they're consumers themselves. Mm -hmm. um, so I think they are, they, and they're exposed to marketing, and they know what marketing does. Do they? Yeah, I think they. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting question. Just, but I'll, I'll, I'll leave that one aside. But carry on. So they know what marketing does. Yes, they, I, I, they do. But I, I, I do think that. Uh, the priority of what they get to, and I think really that's a choice, a priority around the governance level. And I know um, that the Institute of Directors is is changing that focus, and, and we need to see a shift in people's behaviour and priorities because there has been too much focus on the past and on historical data, going through reports or uh, going through all the, um, um, uh, often you have a lawyer and an accountant around the table, uh, um, anything to do with law, uh, contracts, uh, all of that. And, and the Institute is actively sending out a message that uh, board should focus more on future-proofing the business and setting strategic direction. And focus less on um, or the, uh, on the retrospective stuff. Yes. Yeah. Mm. And as you said, just circling back to one of the first comments of the, of the conversation, is that marketing has a real role to play in the future and in future-proofing a business. Very much. I mean, they are the one that creates the context. They are the one that have the feelers out there that have the knowledge for that and has the skill set to uh, evaluate um, what the market opportunity looks like, how to unlock it. Yes.
I think that's a perfect place for us to end because if you're a marketer, if you're struggling with this commercial confidence gap, I think you can do two things straight off the bat. You can make them watch this video because this guy has so much to unlock. Send this one up the chain but also focus then on on making sure that you are demonstrating some of those kind of commercial components you know it doesn't have to be war and peace but if you can show some sort of cause and effect through your crm through whatever it is to be able to just say look what we've done here has impacted down here and the value of these customers in the long run has come from something that's nurtured them along the way um, so any closing thoughts from you henrik any tips advice anything else that you would put out there before we wrap up no, but I, I, I do think that, um, I mean, I'm shocked by these numbers today, but uh, my hope is that they're going to change for the future. Um, I, I, I really hope so too. <laughs> um, and and I, I'm confident they will. Uh, I, I work with businesses on a daily basis and I can see the change happening. Um, we, we're having more of the right discussions and they are appreciating the, the value of uh, properly understanding market customers value proposition and to see the value in uh, marketing and how that flows through into sales and into revenue and into growth which is ultimately what they want fantastic so the future looks bright so long as marketers keep marketing themselves within the business and setting themselves up the chain yes i mean i think that's probably uh, the one thing i would encourage marketers to do market themselves uh, by by communicating the value they deliver Fantastic. What a great way to wrap the session up. Henrik, thank you so much and look forward to talking to you again in the future. Thank you. You're most welcome. That's that. Thanks for listening to We Do B2B by Blue Ocean. Now, brace for CTAs. If you want to join and grow the community, make sure to subscribe wherever your eyes and ears absorb information. Don't forget to switch on notifications so you know when the latest episodes drop. And for more B2B goodness, be sure to follow Blue Ocean, the B2B agency on LinkedIn. Now look, you know how this next piece works. The more reviews we get, the faster this thing grows. So please do for us what you hope your customers would do for you. Leave a review and share your thoughts. Let's stay connected and keep the B2B marketing conversation going.